Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with the one and only Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. I missed you last week for Thanksgiving, but I'm glad to be chatting with you again today. So I know we have lots to talk about today. Lots yeah. to talk about today, so I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Jerome Powell's speech yesterday. It was kind of short and succinct. Uh, I'm going to summarize what I heard him say. Then we'll break. And then I'm going to summarize what I think the market heard. Because once again, the market is hearing what they want to hear. There are content creators saying that the Fed pivot has started. And I think a lot of this stuff is nonsense. So uh, And I'm going to tell you my theory why. This oh. is happening, at least in the real estate space. Yes. So, all right. Okay. So, this is Jerome Powell. I think he did a couple of things. First off, I think he was 95% as hawkish as he's ever been. I don't think there was much of a change. We will talk about the 5% in a moment. He basically said, We are going higher than the market expects. We are going to be higher for longer than the market expects, but we're going to go there slower. We're not going to do 75 forever. That should not be a surprise to anyone. And frankly, if you watch my channel, I've been calling 50 basis points in December for 90 days. So this is not new to my channel. So all of that was as hawkish as before. The one 5% is I think he took a small victory lap because he broke down inflation into three pieces. He said goods inflation is coming down noticeably. Goods inflation, when you look at CPI, makes up about 32%. The other 68% is services. That isn't slowing down just yet. But goods inflation is coming down. That's the easy part. On my channel, I talk about that being the third of inflation that could come down quickly. Two, he did talk about housing, right? We've seen some housing statistics. Transactions are crashing. Prices in crazy markets like Phoenix are, are going down. Rent data in the last couple of months are showing slower growth in some declines in some area. So he said, yes, some housing data appears to be good, but it's early. And then finally, he talked about jobs, right? The job market is still strong. The Jolts report talked about a million three less, but we're still at a 1.7 ratio, all of these things. So he's still saying the Fed has work to do. We are going higher. We're just going to go there slower. So I'm going to stop there. That's what I believe Jerome Powell said. What the market heard is different, but we'll get to that next. You okay. You want me to react to this? Yes, please. Okay. okay. And, and, and what, what reaction would you like in particular? <laughs> did, did, have you heard anything different? Does that seem right? Yeah, because oh, again, yeah, no, I mean, listen, this is, this is, I, I thought we were jumping into like what the market uh, said, but what the market was <laughs> interpreting, but no, I mean, listen, this, this is what, this is the spot on what I see. And I think you and I have been pretty yeah. consistent in talking about this over the last few months. Um, the fed uh, is definitely, I mean, I've said, I, I feel like I'm getting blue in the face, like saying this, but that I've said it here. I've said it on LinkedIn. I've said it like pretty much everywhere to anybody who will listen to me anymore. Uh, and I know that number of people is diminishing rapidly, but um, <laughs> the, the, 
The Fed has been saying consistently for like a decade now that it wants to normalize interest rates. Mm -hmm. They tried one time five years ago, four to five years ago, and Wall Street had just had a conniption fit and they got they got scared and they backed off. Right. But inflation has given them the cover that they need to get rates back to where they want them. And the persistent inflation has given them more cover. And frankly, I and on top of that, I, as you and I, have, I think I've discussed many times, Jerome Powell would rather be remembered as the second incarnation of Paul Volcker than as whoever the guy was before Paul Volcker. Arthur like Burns. The, Arthur Great Burns. Inflation. Right. No, he does not want to be Arthur Burns too. He wants to be Volcker too. I don't even think he wants to be Greenspan too. Um, and so that is what is is driving this. And they're going to raise interest rates and keep on raising them until something breaks and they have to stop. And I agree. And so far, nothing has broken. And in fact, uh, what we're seeing is actually even the opposite. I mean, the economy remains strong. We had a record Black Friday, right? Yeah, I mean, at, we did. At, fir at first, people were saying, oh, Black Friday spending is going to be off because of inflation. But the opposite happened. People went bonkers on Black Friday. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so none of this seems to indicate that the Fed has succeeded in pushing the country into recession, if that is what it really wants to do, which I doubt. I don't think it actually wants to push the country into recession, but I think they do want to cool things off. And and so far, yeah. it seems to be happening. Yeah, GQ3 GDP was raised to 2.9 from 2.6. You know, unemployment yeah. still sub four. We get that number tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, um, I actually think the Fed is winning. That's something I've adopted in the last three weeks. A lot of the numbers show what the Fed is doing. They're winning, right? It's still it's still early. There's still lots to do. They can inflation still can kick them in the butt, uh, but they're winning. I I think, and that's a good thing, right? I do see a soft landing is not impossible. It's certainly not probable, but it's not impossible. Um, now let's talk about the market. I, well, actually, and let's just, let me just add one thing. So one Please. thing also that I that I uh, was reading about and actually experiencing this because we're doing this big hotel rehab right now, mm -hmm. supply chains are starting to yeah. work again, right? Yeah. Like like the like lo and behold, like the free market worked, right? Like you got China, the stuff being manufactured over there. The, you got supply chain blockages, so other people sprang into action and started making stuff. And yeah. like, and like, you know, and they responded to high prices and they're like, oh, it's very profitable because look how high the prices are because there's now these supply chain blockages. And now lo and behold, the supply chain is working itself out as, you know, like we expected that it would. And so yeah. that's also helping, you know, probably a lot with the inflation. You know, when you talk about the it cost is. of goods, that's mm -hmm. helping a lot, but it's also, um, you know, that's that's been a big factor in all of this. And now we see that. And, and so that will actually drive more economic activity right if you can it's been a drag on the economy actually the supply chain issue right so it's been it's been a double whammy because it's been a drag on the economy even though the economy has been booming there's been a drag because of supply chain issues but and it's also made everything cost more right and now you've got the, the beneficial opposite effect mm -hmm. of that drag being lessened and maybe eliminated at some point mm -hmm. and prices coming down which is going to make people want to buy more of that stuff exactly I mean, so yeah, they could that that, that could drive inflation further, and the Fed is going to raise rates more. You know, it's like yeah, it, it, I, I think uh, yeah. So I think the Fed, what they're going to be doing going forward is they're going to give us fifty in December, and I think every raise after that's a quarter. They're going to do what I call tinkering 
after that. So any rate increases in 2023 will be a quarter. We could get two or three in a row. We could get two and a pause and one. I, I think we're going to five. I haven't changed my opinion. We, we're, we're, we're going to five as a terminal rate. So now what did the market hear? Obviously, if you watch the market, the bond market went down. Uh, the stock market raced higher. Uh, the market was kind of spring-loaded for any kind of whisper of good news or what has been called the Fed pivot. I did not hear him say a Fed pivot. I think he communicated that we're going to go slower, which, again, is a good thing, but go longer. Uh, but that's what the market heard. Uh, the other thing I think the market heard, Jonathan, is 7% terminal rate is off the table. I think they also heard that 6% terminal rate is off the table. I think the last thing the market heard is we're almost done. And in, in the market, almost done is important because once they get to a terminal rate, they can do risk-adjusted returns and they can start planning. I think what happened before yesterday is there were still things, th thoughts of Bullard and seven or six. There were these, because again, you take Fed funds to seven, we have mortgage rates at 10%. So I think what happened yesterday is the market's like, oh, shoot, seven's not going to happen. Oh, shoot, six isn't going to happen. Now there's, hey, is it four and three quarters? Is it five and a quarter? I'm saying five. Mm. So I think a lot of the explosion yesterday was just the market saying, good, six and seven are off the table. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah, I think I think Wall Street tends to, they tend to run to the extremes, right? Yes. A good, they, on good news, they, they bid it up. Bad news, they bid it down. And, uh, and that's how they make money, right? And then they make money on swinging back to normal when, where, you know, they swing back in the other direction. So uh, that's that's the whole Wall Street game. Um, I, I was going to add, you know, something else, though, sort of in addition to that. So uh, and I think this maybe probably applies more to the multifamily space than to uh, or the real estate space in general than to, say, the equity markets. But maybe, maybe it applies there, too. I mean, we, we have got. Uh, basically an entire generation of people who've come into this space who have who only know a low interest rate environment. They don't know how to make money in a normal interest rate environment. And they're so they they lived in an abnormal time period. They think it's normal. Now we're going back to normal, right? And they're freaking out because they just don't know how to how to cope with this. And what's happened yeah. in this market, especially in the last couple of years has been you don't need to know how to operate a property to make money. You just, the market's just going to bail you out. You just and, need to control it. You win. That's not. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you can buy it. And that's why people were willing to overpay because they knew that exactly. there was always going to be somebody coming behind them who would overpay after them. Yep. That's why you saw deals trading, you know, repeatedly the same property. Someone buys it. They renovate 20% of the units. They sell it as a proven value add. The next guy, you know, Rent rates twenty percent of the units. Sell it as a proven value add, right? Mm -hmm. Four or five times over the same over the cycle, you're seeing the same assets traded as value add every time, because the whole game was if you could add something to the NOI, you know, well, two things, you know, you had to add something to the NOI to make any money, because the whole all the money you're going to make was going to be on the back end, because of the extremely low cap rates, right? So you had to pay up the, through the nose for the property in the first place. But then if you could add to the NOI, then even if the crazy cap rates just stayed the same and there was no compression, you'd make money because you raise the NOI, same cap rate value goes up. And that was the whole game, right? And nobody nobody was like operating properties for the long term, understanding how to do that, caring how to do that, because it didn't really matter. It was all 
just flipping, right? And so, yeah, this whole generation of people that came into the market in that uh, in that posture, yeah. they have no idea what to do with low cap rates, and and a lot of them have been caught with their pants down because they bought into the idea that. Uh, yeah that that interest rates would never go up so yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about something in video number two trep that i want to dig into this because grant cronone's talking about it but we'll save it for that but to your point i think the same thing's happening in the stock market there's a whole bunch of new investors that came in and they were just like kathy wood they came in they had great timing they bought unprofitable companies that were priced for a moment on revenue versus profit and all they want is they want to wishfully think the Fed's going to pivot to bail them out. They're holding yeah, on to losing yeah. positions down 80%. They're hoping that this magic Fed prince comes in and says, hey, we're cutting rates back to zero, off to the races. It's not happening, folks. This, yeah. the, 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 you know, the party's over, and it's been over for a while. Uh, you can keep hoping for it to come back. It's it's not yeah. it's not coming back. I mean, crypto, the same thing, right? The whole the crypto market, which was, you know, crypto. Crypto, if if you listen to the crypto bros two years ago, this was the environment that they were waiting for. High inflation, right? It was going to, crypto was going to prove itself as digital gold, right? And the valuation of crypto was going to soar to the stratosphere. They were all going to get rich with easy money, right? That they didn't even work for, right? And so, and so what's happened? Oh, well, it turns out that crypto was entirely depend on, dependent on cheap money. And when cheap money dried up, so did crypto, right? Because it was just another dumb speculative asset and it was the same dumb play. It was, yep. I don't need any skill. I don't need any knowledge. All I need to do is buy the stuff and wait for somebody else to buy it from me. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Money. I'm going to tell all my friends, a couple of them are going to buy and then I exit out, rug pull. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and this, is, this is why you see the crypto bros also talking up the Fed pivot, right? And yeah, of course. Because, because they, they have to. Bail them out. They have to. It's yeah. the only thing that will save them. Most crypto buyers are now underwater on their crypto, oh, right? For sure. So oh, anybody yeah. who's bought in the last two years is is lost money, right? So mm-hmm. it is. It, it's just, but they, so they need it, right? They they need that yeah. Fed pivot. So psychologically, they think there are a lot of people who are really wedded to this idea, yeah, uh, because. They, because they really they have no other choice, right? Yeah. The in the end, I want to just wrap this up. I do not believe the Fed pivoted one iota yesterday. In fact, they reiterated they're going higher, they're going to stay there longer, and they're going to go there slower. And I, but for the record, slower to me is worse. Um, but I do believe that we now have, I don't know, a collection of beliefs that six and seven percent federal funds or yeah, federal funds rate or the terminal rate is off the table. I think that is net good. I also think it's net good that we're almost there, right? We're within a point, you know, plus or minus a quarter of being done. I think that is net good. But folks, we are going to be here for a while. We could be there for six, eight quarters, right? Get used to a well, normal funds rate. And listen, what's the big deal, right? Because the thing is. It's just math. This is what I'm telling people on just LinkedIn. math. It's just yeah. math. It doesn't really matter what the interest rate is, right? The interest rate is the interest rate. Everything else is going to adjust itself around the interest rate. Exactly. And, and you are going to be able to make money. Listen, people were making money in real estate when interest rates were 16, 17%, right? And they were making money when it was 8%, right? So it just, it doesn't really matter. The, the people though, who get hurt, you know, the problem here is that interest rates went up so fast right Bingo. so much so so much so soon and a lot of people were caught with their pants down and so exactly. there are definitely definitely people there's pain who are, there's pain there's a lot of pain but it, if you didn't buy at the top right 
you, oh, you didn't double you down okay. and go on margin. <laughs> I'm going to well, buy yeah, it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna force it. What are you guys doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you didn't do stupid stuff with debt, then you're okay. But the problem is, and we're going to talk about this in the next section, is the debt. And it's always the debt. It's always, always the debt. The debt. debt or it's margin. Always, yeah. always yeah. the debt. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this uh, very uh, important article that was pushed uh, by TREP. I think I have the name right, TREP. Mm -hmm. uh, Grant Cardone actually quoted it at an event uh, a buddy of mine was at. But before we get to that, Jonathan, how can people follow you? Yeah. So listen, uh, I want to tell everybody, I've told you before, but about my new Facebook group, we took our 12,000 member Facebook group and basically threw it in the trash and started all over again with a core committed group of, uh, of, of hardcore, you know, multifamily in, you know, real estate investors. It's called Apartment Investors Club. If you go to Facebook, you can easily find a Apartment Investors Club. And when you get there, what you will get is in the guides section of the Facebook group, there is a four-part video series. It's all obviously free where we talk about how to do a syndication, how to find deals from brokers, how to raise money, and the mindset that uh, you know you should adopt as a multifamily investor. It's all free. It's about two hours of content. It's If I say so myself, it's really good. People have complimented me a lot on, on this in the past. Uh, in the old version of it, I, I completely redid it for this, uh, for this group. But um, there's that. And if you want to get on my email list and you would like some uh, something in exchange for your email, I always give away oh, I love that. the ultimate I love checklist. That. Yes. So all you need to do is go to apartmentinvestorsclub.com and you can download this uh, absolutely for free. So I look forward to seeing you there. Awesome. And let him know you came from one rental at a time so he knows his time spent with us each week. Yes. Please, awesome. please do. I love it when I see people come through and tell me that, uh, you know, you're, yeah. you, this is how they found me. So that's awesome. Thanks, buddy.